The Start. On Demand. demand. Hey, it's Brett. It's the Friday edition of the podcast for The Start with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And today we are going to talk about the Salvation Army and how their kettle campaign has been kicked out of the Manitoba Liquor Mart. So we'll talk about that. And we're going to speak to the Salvation Army to find out what the potential repercussions of that decision could bring. Also, we're going to discuss back to work for Canada Post government getting ready to introduce back to work legislation. And then we're going to hard segue into some excitement over the Lion King trailer. Disney unveiling the first teaser trailer for the Lion King live action film, which opens in July 2019. And oh my goodness, Loren McNabb is super excited for that. There's a business in Winnipeg called Wilderness Supply that decided, you know what? We're not going to open up on Black Friday. We're going to close and we're going to go instead out into the community and volunteer. So we're going to speak to the owner of that business and find out where they are going to help out the community. Donald Trump revealed what he is thankful for, and what he has to say is surprising and yet not surprising. Meanwhile, CFL potentially going to Halifax. It's amusing listening to CFL players try to spell Halifax if they are not familiar with that part of our country and we'll get a preview of the gray cup from the man himself bob irving mackling mcgarry and mcnab on 680 cjob jeff braun is here jeff forte kelly moore and we're here to talk about how salvation army bell ringers are no longer allowed in manitoba liquor marts Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries is citing complaints from customers being asked for donations. Global's Austin Siragusa has more. It's one of the sounds of the holiday season. Donations collected by the Salvation Army. But now, you won't find those familiar ringing bells and kettles in Manitoba liquor marts. Our concern is how do we make up those funds. Uh, We're looking at other locations to have kettles, and we're hoping that uh, as we find other locations, that people will find us at those locations and continue to donate. Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries declined an on-camera interview, but provided a statement saying they began phasing out soliciting at liquor marts because of complaints from some customers. Last year, the Salvation Army raised $35,000 in Winnipeg liquor stores through the kettle program. Now, they'll be using these miniature tabletop kettles located at the checkout instead of actual volunteers gathering money for charity. But customers we spoke to don't agree with the changes. I don't think that's right. They've always had somebody. The more exposure, the better for Salvation Army and the work they do. Now, Salvation Army begins their search for alternatives. We want to be where people are. We want to be able to be seen. So we're, we're going to be out there wherever we can be. Austin Siragusa, Global News. Now, we just had a conversation in recent weeks. What was it, the Legion in yes. uh, Nova Scotia? Uh, what was the store, McNabb? Costco? Costco, and the Legion was told they couldn't set up for the great for a long period of time. I think they used to do like two weeks or something, and they were told to do, you got four days and we want you out of here. So not the first to sort of lay the groundwork that they, th- that I think the messages that you're making our customers uncomfortable or, but as I said that time, the Legion doesn't, like they're not in your face saying get over here and donate. Yeah. And I don't think the Salvation Army ever approaches you first. No. No. It depends where, like at the liquor mart by my house, they're set up right by the exit. There, you can't leave without having to walk right by the guy, and he's looking right at you. So, I sort of, I understand. It's 
grinchy as hell, but I understand like the complaints about it. Like you feel shame, like you like the idea would be you'd feel bad if you didn't because they're so. I put twenty bucks in there because yeah, because there's no way. Twenty bucks. Can, wow. Well, who can? How can you justify buying a case of beer but not having money for the Salvation <laughs> well, Army? There enough. is the rub, right? Uh, we've got a, a at whole. Gro- at grocery stores, it's different because you have to buy food, right? right. So you can sort it, and you're in there all. Presumably more often than the liquor store. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have to feel the need to donate every time you go sort of thing, right? Because I go to a grocery store three times a week. I can't give three times a week. Did you use the word Grinch? Yeah. One of our texters said exactly that. The Salvation Army getting kicked out of the liquor store is terrible and embarrassing. Some other charitable organization is just jealous that Sally Ann is there and not them. So not Christmas. Grinch people. Now a community (laughs) charity suffers. Really? Yeah, I think this is this is goofy because the, we we mentioned it earlier. But if you're just tuning in, whether it's at the liquor mart, and I'm trying to think if it actually happens at liquor marts, but we've all been to stores where the cashier says, "Oh, and you want to make a dollar, yeah. one dollar donation to whatever the thing is." And it happens so often that I almost feel like I have to say no because if I give to every single thing every time I do a transaction, that adds up. You know, a dollar. Isn't a lot, but if you do that like 500 times a year, you go, oh my God. I spent Plus, a lot you don't of money. get that. You could give $500 to that charity, then get your own charitable tax receipt if you're doing it a dollar or $2 at a time. Not that it's all about getting back, but if it's it's about making your best Well, those, your corporations, best those corporations are likely taking and pooling all of our resources and then writing that gigantic check for a million or $2 million, and then guess who does get the tax mm-hmm. receipt right. as they present it on behalf of blank corporation well you didn't raise the money you just you just asked for it it was your customers who donated the money and you're getting the tax receipt for it now one of the things that i guess i would like a little more education on because i am a credit card person i like i collect points because we like to travel uh so that's how i pay for everything and so it's very it, – it's tough when you walk by a kettle or you walk by the people that are selling the poppies uh, heading into Remembrance State because I never, ever carry cash. And the other thing I was thinking about, too, is if we did go to digital donations – Maybe that might also cut down on the susceptibility for the kettles to get raided and the poppy boxes to get pilfered uh, so that this money could be transferred directly uh, to the, uh, the, you know, the people that are, that are trying to raise it. But the only thing I ask is let, it has to be 100% of those funds. You know, right. There can't be the cut for administration fees or, or whatever that, that you usually find out about later for these charitable organizations. I I do usually feel bad no matter who's asking me. Like if it's at the till, I feel bad and I give every time. So do I. And I I don't know why. It's like I think they're going to be like, so you don't have a dollar? You just (laughs) bought like 10 bags of chips and you don't have a buck? And I'll be like, ooh. My my favorite's when I say, oh, I I already donated to this charity. And they're like, well, it just started today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And then then Jeff, (laughs) okay, put me down for 20. (laughs) Well, one of our texters said, I bought five of those darn red tennis balls from Canadian Tire and one. One day, I was in the store five times. In one day, I bought car parts, wrong part. Came back, bought another ball for Jumpstart. Needed more parts, needed oil softener. Uh, uh, salt back again. Each time the girl at the till asked, would you like to buy a ball to support Jumpstart Kids Sports? Didn't want to feel cheap. <laughs> so I think we've all been there too, right? And it's super shrewd on the part of wh- sure. the, whoever's doing it, right? Because they know you're going to feel guilty. You don't want to be the person who says, no. But it, I, I, and I... 
when I first said no, I remember thinking, God, I feel terrible about this. But now I don't. I'll just say no. And because you think that this person behind the till cares, but they probably don't care. I mean, how many people do they ring through the, the till every day? It's just they're only asking because they have to. It's probably yeah. as awkward for them to ask as it is yeah. for you to say no. It's the same thing as, do you want the deal of the week? <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, yeah. Is it Rona? Uh, they, that they have to ask you. There's a certain thing I that oh, is on special. Superstores the same. That's I think yeah, they all have a deal of the uh, week. I think yeah, if they don't ask you for the deal of the week, then you get it free or something. Yeah, like that's that. right. Exactly. HMV and Braun can probably attest to this. HMV always had these things where they'd try to shill at the counter. Hey, you want to take advantage of our deal, deal of the week? And it's like a 10-year-old DVD. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they still do that. They still do that. And oh. do you get it, Virgie? At Sunrise, actually, I did. I bought the Blair Witch Project uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Really? Yeah, they got me. <laughs> the original Blair Witch Project. Yes. Was it on DVD or yeah, Blu-ray? DVD. Oh boy, not even. No wow. sales resistance. <laughs> You're an enabler, Forte. An enabler. What do you do, Forte, when you go to buy yourself a bottle or a case of whatever? Do you make a donation? I usually donate. Like if it's at the till, because I never carry cash. I'm like Kelly, but uh, yeah, I usually donate at the till if they ask. Um, there has been times where I've been like, no, because yeah, I've already donated before. Um, but yeah, I'll donate. Yeah, just seeing the Salvation Army, I, I feel like, just creates that kind of spirit of giving, whether you have money on you or not. I, if, like, if ever I see a Salvation Army kettle and I don't have cash, I always try to make sure to put some in my pocket for the next time I go out because I know I'm going to bump into one somewhere, yeah. whether it's in the mall, liquor store, yeah. or whatever. Or they put you in that giving spirit. They got that bell, they're dressed so nicely, and then you kind of feel charitable. So even if you don't have money for them at that moment, you might be like, you know yeah. what? I need to get home and decide who I am donating to this year. There's one thing you'll likely see in a shopping mall, Loren, and that is the Salvation Army. Yes, and they are still there, which is what we're just learning now, having been told that Salvation Army is no longer allowed to be inside liquor stores in this province. Manitoba Liquor and Lottery is saying that they cannot solicit donations through that kettle campaign, which we hear the bell and see those kettles every single year, saying in a statement to Global News that they've received complaints from shoppers about charities soliciting in their stores. Major Rob Kerr is with the Salvation Army and joins us in studio. Thanks for being here with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. When you were told, got this message from Liquor and Lotteries that stay out of our stores. I know they're they're taking donations at the tail, but they don't mm-hmm. want your personnel in the stores. Right. What was your reaction? Well, it was disappointing to say the least. Um, it is a significant source of income for us. We've, we've done very well at the liquor stores over the years. Uh, $35,000 in Winnipeg last year is what we raised in the liquor store. 60000 across Manitoba. So it's significant for us, about 10% of what we would raise in Manitoba in our our kettle campaign, which is November, December. So disappointing to say the least. Um, But we also respect that they have the right to make that choice. They have the right to make that decision. So we, we respect their decision. Has the Salvation Army been completely removed from the Liquor Mart? Can we still donate to the Salvation Army through there? Yeah, we're going to have the tabletop units there. So they have what they call their coin box program, and uh, they've given the Salvation Army the month of December to have our little tabletop units in there. So it'll be at the checkouts, but we won't have our personnel there, our, our manned personnel with a standard kettle. Now, I think it was Brett who mentioned earlier this morning that the kettle campaign and the bells and all that goes, all the accoutrement that goes with uh, you being out in the public is a rite of passage. It's as much a part of Christmas as 
Santa Claus and a Christmas tree to a great extent. It is. Uh, if you look at any uh, Christmas movie, you're going to see the Salvation Army kettle in there at some point. Uh, we've been we've had the Christmas kettles out for over a hundred years across North America, and uh, it is it is a fixture of Christmas. It's an icon of Christmas in a lot of ways, and it's been something that people people have trusted the Salvation Army. They've walked by, they've dropped money in the kettle without question, and it continues to grow. Well, if Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> can make this his charity of choice Absolutely. and put it on display at halftime during the Thanksgiving day. I'm shouting now because it <laughs> infuriates me that we've kind of taken, in my opinion, the step back, something that's really been a part of our culture to a great extent. Yeah, yeah, it has been a part of our culture. You know, you you see the old images with the Salvation Army brass band standing around the streetlight and the kettle is out there and we're collecting money. Now we're inside, we're in the malls and whatnot, but it continues to be a fixture of, of Christmas for a lot of people. What do you say to the idea that there was complaints from people that didn't like the charities soliciting in the stores? Like, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone with the Salvation Army, you know, harass or confront or say, excuse me, come over here and donate their cash. You're just ringing the bell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course we would take, if there were complaints, we, I've not been made aware of any in the past, but if there were, we would have taken those seriously. We don't want to, we don't want to be harassing anybody. We want to be there for folks who want to donate and to give them that thank you and that smile and to let them know that we appreciate what they've done, but we certainly wouldn't want to be harassing anybody. So if that was happening, we would certainly address that, but we weren't made aware of that. So then if people don't want to deal with people like yourselves who are you walk into a liquor mart, you like there's no interaction. There's no forced interaction, right? You don't you don't say, hey, you want to give us some money. Right, right. And that, that would be the way we'd instruct all of our volunteers to be. Like this is not an aggressive fundraising campaign. This is being present and being there and allowing people the opportunity to drop a little bit of extra cash in or write a check if they want and drop it in, whatever they want to do. What does the loss mean? Because, and I'm going to call it a loss because at the end of the day, you mentioned you raised tens of thousands of dollars in Winnipeg liquor stores alone. Mm-hmm. A box will be placed on the sh- on the counter at a liquor store, but I don't I don't believe that's going to get the same amount of people dropping in that box. Maybe you'll get lucky and it will, but what what does the money go towards? raised during this period and what will be the impact be if you don't get that amount? Right. So we don't know what the impact will be. We're hoping people will find us, but you're right. Um, so the money raised in the kettles is all community-based funding. So whatever community is raised in, that's where it stays. And it goes towards programs such as uh, sending kids to camp in the summer. Obviously, Christmas assistance as well with hampers and toys, food banks. Um, we've got seniors activity programs for those who are living alone as seniors. Uh, after school programs, uh, school feeding programs, the list goes on and on of the different types of programs that it helps. In Winnipeg last year... We service 205,000 people through the programs that are raised, that are funded through these programs. 330,000 people across Manitoba um, at some point interacted with these community-based programs that uh, we raise funds for at Christmas. Everybody has their charity of choice. And so in this case, if Salvation Army is yours, just, you know, do maybe make a little bit of extra effort when you're out in the mall to to seek them out. And uh, maybe we can fill this gap without any difficulty whatsoever. Major Rob Kerr with the Salvation Army. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. We start this half hour uh, with the mail. Yeah, and I 
I wonder with all the people who are now trying to take advantage of the Black Friday sales in the stores and all the rest, doing the traditional old school shopping, but we keep hearing from government and from Canada Post customers that we need to get these parcels moving because everybody is online shopping. That means that Canada Post, Canada Post workers are an essential service, correct? That's if they're going to this length. Usually when there's a mandated back-to-work legislation, the idea is that they feel it's essential to intervene. Okay, so if this happens, can we please put aside the conversation about the fact that we don't need Canada Post? Well, they we need don't them right need door-to-door delivery. We don't need these guys and w- these men and women who work really, really hard. And you, you can email me, you can at me on Twitter all you want. You're not going to convince me differently, yeah. okay? Well, would they? The question is, would they be putting back to work legislation in place if this is June or February or whatever it might be? I mean, the mm. fact is, retailers say this is the biggest part of their year. They need parcels to be moving, and so tomorrow, senators are preparing to come into work Saturday to debate Trudeau's back to work legislation or his gov- government, rather. Here's Michael Couture. Negotiate, don't legislate. News of the government's move hit hard at picket lines across the country. The union is outraged at what it calls an unfair pressure tactic on workers. It's a tactic to take the pressure off of Canada Post. Why would they negotiate now that the government's about to bail them out again? Postal workers have been without a contract for a year, conducting rotating strikes across the country for a month. The stickiest issues continue to be health and safety and pay equity. Now, Ottawa wants a negotiated deal, but with the busiest shopping period of the year upon us, the government felt it was left with no other option but to start the process of introducing back-to-work legislation. And the minister is seemingly losing patience. We've given both parties uh, a lot of support, a lot of time to work this out, um, but we do have to be ready as a country to take the next step. A step that consumers and businesses welcome. I'm pretty happy about it. I just ordered his Christmas gift yesterday, so when I heard that it might not be here before Christmas, I was pretty mad about that. For retailers, this is a big, big deal. 50% of total sales in a six-week period. If you miss out over Christmas, your business could be in serious jeopardy. If employees are ordered back to work, the union and management say they'll do their best to clear the backlog of mail in time for Christmas. And at this point, it's the only thing that both sides can agree on. Michael Couture, Global News, Ottawa. Every year, I always think, ah, oh, you know what, there are a couple of gifts that I'd like to order for Christmas. And every year, right around this time, I go, man, I really should have gotten on top of that right. a few weeks ago, right. a couple you, of months if ago. If you're ordering now, like, you know, it's going to be here for Christmas every if things go smoothly, but it might not. Yeah, and now with this uh, this post situation, who knows what's going to happen? That'll. But as you mentioned earlier, why wait for something online when you can just walk into a store here in Winnipeg? Well, I like online shopping. Don't get me wrong. I just that there's all sorts of people complaining about um, their their Christmas being ruined. I've actually read on Twitter like you're going to ruin Christmas if we don't get these guys back to work. Wow. And, and I don't know if that's the case, but for sure for businesses, there's so many businesses now that don't have that brick and mortar storefront. And if they're just relying on online sales, I completely feel for them. I understand that that is a huge part of the industry now. Yeah, but this just does feel like legislation of convenience because of the time of year that it is. And I don't think it's fair to take away the bargaining power that these uh, that, that 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 these workers have. I, I, I don't think it's right. 
right, and I think it's disingenuous to uh, call them an essential service or treat them as one uh, when when we throw shade at this uh, part of our economy and these workers all too often between January and September. And they've been without a contract, I think, for over a year. There's tens of thousands of employees now wondering how much longer that contract situation will go on. So anyway, that'll be a thing that's debated for several days now, I'm sure. But what I'm not going to debate about is what you sent me this morning. I'm calling this pure magic. Yeah, just have a listen. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. But a king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. Just sing, Lauren. Come on. I can't. I can't. I I feel like it'd be, I don't want to mock the singing or anything like that. Like, I love that tune so much. We watched that movie over and over and over again. And I was in high school when The Lion King first came out. And our whole family can sing. I don't think we're singing it right. But we know that whole lyric there. It's amazing. I love that. I loved it as a cartoon. But what they're doing here, Greg, incredible. Can you call it live action, even though it's essentially all CGI? You know what? I don't care what you call it. It's incredible. It's amazing. Breathtaking. I cannot wait to see this movie. Yeah. I thought it was real because they had the wildebeest scene, right? Yeah. Where they're all racing away to run away from, is it Scar or the lions, Mufasa? Yeah. Uh, but then I realized when the baboon held up a Simba, yeah. In this new film, I was like, okay, they, they certainly didn't get a real baboon to like lift hey, up this monkey. It's not a baboon. Oh. It's a mandrill. A mandrill. It's a mandrill. Oh, oh right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So it's okay. It's okay. Disney I stand corrected. Revealing the first teaser trailer yesterday for the Lion King live action film, which debuts in theaters July 19th, 2019. The. Teaser trailer has been linked to our 680CJOB Instagram story if you want to check it out. Uh, The original film came out in 1994, and I confess I have only seen this film once, the original cartoon. Oh. So I know a lot of people, like, uh, I found out about this from my girlfriend who said, I just watched the trailer and I'm crying. Oh, I I sing like that much, like so often that my kids know it, and they've never actually even seen the 95 cartoon. Come on. I swear to you, like, whenever I'm in a good mood, that will just belt right out of me. Again, I don't know the actual words. If somebody does and wants to teach me, I would love to learn it. I was fascinated to learn that John Favreau is actually directing this. Oh, Wow. Are there no ends or no limits to this man's talent? No, he's a, he's a, he's an all star. My for word! Sure. But yeah, that music every time I hear it, it just goosebumps. I don't know if there's a piece of music that gives me more chills than that music from it, the Lion King. Was it one of you that sent me just a few weeks ago? The Lion King musical cast was on a plane, or maybe it was my brother actually, because he loves it too. They were on their way somewhere, and the plane was late, and so they broke out into that song. Like, oh my god! And then the whole plane was just like. You know, clapping their hands and like everybody calmed down and nobody was yelling at the stewardess, you know, to do her thing or his thing. So, yes. What's the hashtag here? Take my money? Yeah. I think so. That's good. They're going to take a lot of money. Mackling McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB. Loren, we've been informed that a Winnipeg business is doing something rather unique for Black Friday. Yeah, most of the stores in Winnipeg are opening early for Black Friday or at least changing their hours. Another one... 
taking a totally different tact. It's called Wilderness Supply, and instead of a sales slogan promising deals, they're promising today to focus on giving, not selling. To explain what this is all about, we're joined by Rick Sean, owner of Wilderness Supply. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. So tell me, first of all, Wilderness Supply sells wilderness goods, I'm guessing, or... Yeah, yeah. we're an outdoor camping store. We sell canoes and kayaks and camping gear, hiking gear, and that kind of stuff. Okay, so you've chosen today to not open. How come? You know, ever since Black Friday started to become a thing in Canada, none of our staff really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we focus a lot on selling really good quality goods. And um, I don't know, none of us just really feel, really felt like uh, coming up with the crazy Black Friday deals and participating in that frenzy. And uh, when one of my staff had the idea to, you know, close the doors and go and help, um, you know, one of the missions in our community, it just felt so right. So we just instantly jumped on the idea. So they're working today, but they're, but at a different location. The store is closed and seven of your staff members, at least, are going to where? Tell us a bit about that. That's right. We're, we're going down to the Main Street Project today to help them out. Um, they have a big clothing stores and so... Uh, well, we know clothing, so we're going to go help them uh, in their clothing um, area there and organize it for uh, for about six hours today. That's absolutely fantastic, Rick. And you're doing something else for Main Street Projects straight through until December 16th. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, we actually um, are doing a promo in the store. So every pair of Smart Wool socks that are sold, um, we're going to donate one pair to the Main Street Project. How come the Main Street Project, what was it, Rick, that had your staff members saying, you know what, because you're, you're in the exchange district, and is it, is it the location, and you're kind of close to that clientele, or what is it? Yeah, you know what, last year we moved down to um, more towards downtown. Uh, it's a central location, and, um, you know, for all of our customers. But we, we actually really wanted to become more of a part of a, the community. And uh, the Main Street Project is one of the missions that we don't actually know a lot about. So today... Uh, really is just an opportunity for us to go down there, learn a little bit more about what they're doing. Um, we saw their SOC initiative in October, so we instantly wanted to be a part of that uh, in any way we could. And so I think it's just a really great opportunity for us to go down, help them out, learn a little bit about what they're doing uh, and the good work that uh, that we hear that they're doing for our neighbourhood. Is being closed on a day like Black Friday, though, potentially hard or bad for your business? Uh, well, you know what? Everything from the business sense tells me that it's kind of a crazy idea. <laughs> I mean, we're we're a small business, you know, and we uh, we're surrounded in an industry where everybody else is basically mega box stores. So yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to be honest. But um, you know, I have had it's it's amazing. Like I've actually had hundreds of uh, comments and emails. Uh, we sent in a message out to our customers, letting them know that we're going to be closed today. And it, I was overwhelmed, actually. So to me, it just tells me that people are really kind of tired about um, the crazy deals and over-commercialization right now. We're a business that we sell things, you know, we're a retail store. Um, but I think that as a small business, this is just an opportunity for us to be an impact, to have an impact today and, and maybe put a little bit of a different message out that uh, maybe think a little bit about before, you know, about what you're going to buy before you buy it. Rick Sean, owner of Wilderness Supply. Once again, where are you guys? We're at 50 Isabel. It's at the corner of Isabel and Notre Dame. Okay. Don't don't go there today because they're closed to help out Main Street Project. Rick, thanks <laughs> for joining us. go there tomorrow, right? You're open tomorrow? That's right. We'll be open for the small business Saturday, so we're going to jump on board for that one. <laughs> okay, Rick. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate the visit. Good for you guys for what you're doing.
I know Loren's been very excited this morning about the new Lion King trailer oh. that debuted yesterday, so we'll let you hear some of that. Did you post it on your Instagram anywhere? or I put it on the 680 CJOB Instagram story, Perfect. so you can watch a clip of it there and then link to the full trailer. It is amazing. And then sing for the rest of the day, because that's what I've been doing right now, annoying everyone but Forche, who I think likes it. I quite enjoy it. Thank you. The, the echo in the ladies' room is is very complimentary oh, to I your I sounded voice. so good in there you when I was great. doing the opening theme. I was like, not so when I was like, God, I am good. Just taking advantage of the reverb. Oh, okay. Now that I know you're going to hear me singing there all the time, I might just go hang out there for like an hour each day. Sounds oh, it's crazy. Somebody mentioned that they, they're pretty sure that the trailer that was released for The Lion King is identical frame for frame of the trailer of the original Lion King. I don't know if you'd heard that, Brett. Well, it, it, it's uh, it, not quite identical, like all the way through. But they have taken many shots, and there actually is a side by side comparison video that where they they take snips of the original uh, trailer and the original scene leading up to the reveal of Simba, and they are ver- almost identical. So they they went in, they put a lot of care into making this very much like the original, but also making it its own right. thing with so the CG. So it's computer-generated, right? Like all the animals. But I wouldn't want you to change it. Like, I like I like it that it's going to look different, but right. I don't want you to change it. You're positively glowing. Oh, just like I said it to this. my family. You're radiant. Like, I'm looking at the dates when it might be out, which I, I don't think it. there's an exact one yet. That's all I want to talk about. Okay, well, hey, we'll have to we'll play that audio in just a few moments. But in terms of audio... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, go ahead, Greg. I'll just let you take it from here. I'll pass the baton. Well, I don't know what you do at Christmas dinner and at Thanksgiving, but when we get together as a family, typically we go around the table, not every time, but quite often, we'll do the old, what are you thankful for, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And sometimes it's a few words, and, and typically you're thinking of those that aren't here any longer, at least for me, I typically will reference my mom and my grandpa and, 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 you know, and, and talk about the things that are important to me, but with a slant on how others have affected my life. Okay. Okay. Well, somebody made the mistake, shall we say, of asking Donald Trump what he was thankful for. He started by telling us he was thankful for his family, but he's also thankful for and for having uh, made a tremendous difference in this country. I've made a tremendous difference in the country. This country is so much stronger now than it was when I took office that you wouldn't believe it. And, I mean, you see it, but so much stronger that people can't even believe it. When I see foreign leaders, they say, we cannot believe the difference in strength between the United States now and the United States two years ago. Made a lot of progress. Thank you very much. Allow myself to thank myself for all the good things myself has done. Well, I guess if you're Donald Trump, you're you're entitled to be thankful for oneself, but it, it, it's rubbing some people the wrong way. I'd well, be in I'd be in that camp. Yeah, well, virtually everything he says rubs people the wrong way. Well, just as he has like, he had this opportunity, like you know, it's not going to make up for all the 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 ridiculousness that he throws out. But I mean, of the one time. You kind of have an opportunity for some redemption to humanize yourself, you could even to just make say, you somewhat like the rest of us, and you just throw it out the window. You could also have just said, <laughs> I'd like to thank the American people for like buying into my idea. That's the same thing as saying thank you for—Greg just chucked a pen at the roof, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah. Landed in the recycle bin. Yeah. I did a really lot of really great <laughs> things, people. So. Seven points. I better, like it. Better in the recycle bin than the trash. I would, you would have been on your own on that. Yeah, I wouldn't have grabbed it. Would so, have stayed. Okay, so that's Donald Trump. He's thankful for himself. Yep. And uh, that seems like the most fitting answer that he could possibly give. Agreed. And are the, the Maritimes going to be thankful for some football? What's going on? Okay, so uh, this move is really rapidly increased over the last 10 months or so, a move to put a Canadian Football League franchise into Halifax. This was something that the CFL has been working on since 1984, 1985. And Halifax, like Haligonians, is that what they're Haligonians. called? They are super pumped. They are, but they don't have a stadium. They've had a team name and even had a logo back in the mid-80s. It was the Halifax Schooners. Yep. Well, now they're talking about naming the team Atlantic to incorporate more or larger geographical area. They've been having a contest and it was revealed that they're down to two names. And apparently they're neck and neck and they're going to announce the winner tonight. It's either going to be Atlantic Storm or the Atlantic Schooners, Mm. which was the original, sort of the original name. Well, (laughs) the Canadian press was at the awards last night And Tim Cook was speaking to some of the Canadian Football League players who might end up playing in Halifax or at least go there on a road trip and suggested they brush up on their geography and their spelling. Holla H A Fax. Halifax. While Ottawa Red Blacks wide receiver Deontay Spencer can't spell Halifax, RJ Harris hasn't even heard about it. First time I heard of Halifax, to be honest with you, I don't know too much about it. Ottawa running back William Powell doesn't know much about Halifax either. Far East? <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I know it gets cold. I know it's. Powell and company may need to bone up on their East Coast knowledge at some point soon. The Maritime Football Partnership is aiming to bring a CFL franchise to Halifax, and it will reveal a team name Friday night. Tim Cook, the Canadian Press, Edmonton. It's a, a pretty easy word to spell. I A-J-L-L-I-F-A-C-T-S, Halifax. Also not incorrect. That's how when you learn words and you're like, what do you mean there's an X right there? You taught me all through school. It's a C-T making that same yeah. sound. Halifax. Yep. A lot of hell, hell of a fact. I well, I hope they find they get a football team. Well, it'll uh, be great. Yeah, it'd be cool to see some representation on that side of the country. And uh, it would also be great to get a good deal on Black Friday. Amber, have you done any shopping yet? Amber McGookin joining us live now. Hey, I'm having a great time over here. This is probably the best assignment I could have is going to the mall for the morning. Um, but no, I haven't been able to buy anything yet. I'm, I'm waiting till I'm kind of off my radio duties. But it is really awesome to see how many people are getting some great deals that they're really excited about. I see pretty much... You know, half the people now at this point are walking around with a bag of some kind and people are getting really excited about some of these sales that they've been getting here today. Where is there? Would you say there's a crowd, Amber? Like I know at seven o'clock doors opened really early for Polo Park and you said there was a rush of a few dozen people going in. Is it packed now or just status quo? Um, You know, it's kind of like if you've been here on a Saturday, that kind of crowd. There's definitely some stores that are a lot busier than others. But throughout the mall, no, it's not so bad yet. If you are thinking of coming down, it it really isn't so crazy. I've never been here for Black Friday but uh, before, so I'm not really sure what kind of the typical crowd is. But this is more like a, a Saturday kind of crowd where there are people walking around. And some of the stores have a bit of a line, but it's nothing... Uh, 
Nothing like what you'd be seeing uh, from the States or something like that. Well, I know the thing that makes uh, Jackie, my wife, most nervous about where we work is the fact that Polo Park is mere <laughs> steps away. I love to shop. And uh, Brett McGarry, I know you've caught the bug a little bit. Yeah. And so we are always tempted to head to Polo Park. But I suspect by about 10.07, the three of us might be looking for some deals as well. <laughs> well, they're all their sales. I looked on their website; they're all listed, so you can kind of like prepare oh, really? your plan of the day. Oh, yeah, they got all the stores. Yes, you can kind of have a plan. Maybe that will help your wife calm down, thinking, okay, if, you know, if he goes to just a few stores, <laughs> he won't be as tempted. Well, might Maybe. spend more money Maybe. that way. I, I don't like know if plan. he has that kind of restraint. But thank you very much, Amber McGugan <laughs> with Global News, joining us from Polar Polo Park. I'm looking for. I only like a deal if it says like sixty percent off, twenty percent, thirty percent. I'm not interested. I yeah. want it to be high. Yeah, it's got to be and, a big and deal. Then I like, and then I don't care what it is. You're like, well, 60% off. I should get this. Like, <laughs> I, I, No, 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 no. I know this refrain. I had to buy it. It was 60% <laughs> off. You have five exactly. The, but look at the deal I got. Uh, in Edmonton right now getting ready for the Grey Cup. And as far as the the big game is concerned, and we can ask Bob about this, Greg, uh, but you are a man of insight as well when it comes to the the, the professional sportsings, the Mm -hmm. Canadian footballings. I'll do my best. Calgary Stampeders, refresh my memory. They were, they're always in the Grey Cup, are they not? This is their third consecutive Grey Cup appearance. Okay. They have lost their previous two appearances in this block of extraordinary achievement for them. They are the, they are sort of the bellwether franchise in the Canadian Football League for the last 15 years. They, they win the regular season title on a regular basis. Uh, John Huffnagel as head coach and or general manager has just been extraordinary. So there is a lot of pressure on the Stampeders to win this game on on Sunday. Yeah, because they, they, they're the best team in the league and then they get to the big game and then they lose to the East. Yeah, yeah. and then they kind of in some ways deserve to win for that because Ottawa Red Blacks were like the... What do you call it? Like the uh, comeback kids or they, they were out of the league and back in the league? Yeah, for sure. They've only been back in the CFL for five years. Ottawa, right? They're like the Winnipeg Jets, right? Mm-hmm. This is sort of version 3.0 But they've already for won. Them. Yeah, yeah, they've already won. Yeah, they've won a, a great cup. Their third appearance in, in five seasons in wow. existence, right? So, Well, Bob Irving is here joining us now live from Edmonton. Bob... Calgary Stampeders, we were just talking about how they are always the darlings of the league through the regular season. They get to the big ga- the big game, and then they just can't seem to uh, to close it out. What's the problem there? Well, if I had an answer for that, I'd get hired by some team in sport. I can tell you that. I you know I, I go back to last year's Grey Cup game, and you're right, uh, Brett. This is the the legacy that they have up to now. I think they can eliminated a little bit on Sunday if they can get this great cup, but boy, if they lose again, that's going to dog them for the rest of their existence. Uh, you know, last year they, they deserved to win the game against Toronto. The Argos got a couple of breaks late and kind of stole it from them, in my opinion. And then the year before, they were playing an 8-9-1 and one Ottawa team that just came up big in reverse of the game of his life. I don't know. Uh, I don't think they're chokers. I just think they've... Uh, you know, the the Grey Cup is one game, and it, the best team on that day is the champion. It doesn't matter if you're 13 and five or 15 and three during the regular season. 
And the Stampeders just have not been able to deliver often enough on that one day. Who knows why? Bob Irving, you know that there's a lot of karma in sports. I'm just wondering if this is just payback for the 2001 Grey Cup when the 8 and 10 <laughs> Stampeders beat the 14 and 4 Blue Bombers 2001 in Montreal with Marcus Crandall at quarterback. They may be paying the price for that Grey Cup championship in these great yeah, this series they... of Grey Cup championships uh, that have not materialized. Yeah, I think maybe uh, Kahari, Milton, Charlie Robertson, Bob Cameron, and those guys dropped a curse on them after <laughs> that game because that was a that was a game. It, you know, you talk about teams that should win uh, that fourteen and four bomber team in two thousand one. It's inconceivable almost that they would lose to an eight and ten Calgary team in the Grey Cup, but they did. And so the Grey Cup game is unique in that regard. And that again, again, it's one game, and the lowest team can rise up and and battle the giant and give them a run and sometimes upset them and we've seen that happen but boy this is there's so much pressure uh, to me on the stampeders in this game because if they lose it again and Bo Levi Mitchell's a great quarterback but he'd be one and three in great cup games and you'd have to live with that all winter long man oh man the thought of them losing in their minds is inconceivable so the game is in Edmonton. Um, I love the way he said "inconceivable." Yeah, by like the way, that it was like from the, the movie. Bride. Yes, inconceivable. Yeah, that's where I got it from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the game is in Edmonton. In theory, Calgary and Edmonton are um, rivals, and so I, I'd like to think that uh, the Edmonton fan base there wouldn't be cheering for Calgary. But there might be a lot of Calgary fans who were able to get tickets. I mean, is there home field advantage here in any way? Ottawa is going to be the favorite team here. I can guarantee you that. There's 56,000 seats sold for this game, Loren, and uh, most of them have been purchased by people in Edmonton, and they hate Calgary. Right. They just hate Calgary. And there's no way they're going to say, wow, we've got to cheer for the West. There's no way. Anybody but Calgary, ABC, they'll be cheering for Ottawa like crazy on Sunday, and the home field advantage will be in the favor of the Red Blacks. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Alec Baldwin, always be closing. If you live in Edmonton, always beat Calgary. The saying in Alberta, if you live in Edmonton, is that I have two hockey teams, two favorite hockey teams, the Edmonton Oilers and anyone playing the Calgary Flames, and vice versa in Calgary, Bob. Uh, Let's talk about Ottawa real quick. We were just mentioning the fact that this is their third Grey Cup appearance in five seasons of existence. Who gets the credit for that? Well, I guess you have to give it to Marcel Desjardins, their general manager, and Rick Campbell, their coach. They've done a, a nice job of, you know, they were 2-16 and 16 their first year, but, uh, you know, Marcel Desjardins said, hey, give us some time. We know what we're doing here. I think it's similar to what's going on with the Bombers now. They've got good people in charge, and they've cleaned up in Winnipeg a mess that was there before, but in Ottawa, starting from scratch. And then they get a quarterback like Henry Burris, uh, you know, who led them to the one Grey Cup, and they've done a nice job of drafting and recruiting players. It's a very simple formula in sport, I think. Uh, you know, you need good people at the top, and they, they have good people at the top in Ottawa. I, I would point out again, too, though, Greg, that, you know, the year they won the Grey Cup against Calgary, they were 8-9-1. Uh, and again, coming out of the East, you can do that. You could never do that in the West. There's no way you'd get out of the West with a record like that. So I don't want to take anything away from the Ottawa Red Blacks, but playing in the East has helped them. Let me just put it that way. So do you have a prediction? Yeah, Calgary's going to win this game. I don't mind saying it flat out. I think they're going to win, and I think they'll win going away. I think they're highly motivated. They've lost the two Grey Cup games, the last two games. Uh, I I think they're a better team, which is always a good place to start, although Ottawa's not bad. 
but I like Calgary. I like them big time. All right, Bob Irving joining us live from Edmonton. Thank you very much, sir. Enjoy a Grey Cup weekend. Oh, Greg's got one more. No, I just want to make sure I clarify. Ottawa's been to two Grey Cups in five years, right, Bob? Not three. No, no, this is their third in it five is? years. It is? Gee whiz. Yeah. yeah, I like, that can't be right. Sorry, you were questioning Bob or questioning yourself? I was yourself? questioning myself. Okay, just want to be clear. They lost the game, they lost the game in 2015 in Winnipeg. That's to right. Edmonton, remember? That's right. Uh, I was there. That's right. Calgary in 2016, and here they are again. I was questioning myself. Driving I was thinking. Bomber fans nuts. It's right. driving me nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Okay, Bob Irving, thank you very much, sir. Enjoy oh. the weekend in in Edmonton, nine fourteen. Can we get a mashup of things that Bob said later, like uh, <sighs> inconceivable, and then um, well, I like him big time. I like the way he's been saying these things. Yeah, he's he, a master. Yeah, he's, he's a wordsmith. He's a wordsmith. Yeah, you don't. Uh, you know, Bob Irving. What can you say? <laughs> he's knuckles. NQB never questioned Bob. We've we've asked if uh, maybe. Ooh, nice. We've asked if maybe Bob could join us for all four hours on Monday. Uh, we're still waiting for an answer. <laughs> The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.